0: Hello, hello. Welcome to hometown This is Town Daily, Season 2, Episode 353 for December 19th, 2023. We're coming up on the time where <clears throat> Marowat is going to end up having to take a break. Uh, but I'll play catch up. And... Uh, However many days it ends up being, I'm not quite sure. I'll release a whole new set for each day, 10 articles. I already got them all lined up. Today, we're gonna to be talking about VR headsets that work with Steam and Xfinity Breach, 35 million passwords and other personal, personally identifiable information. You're gonna to wanna to change your password, but we'll talk about that in a moment. The very first article, though, that we're going to talk about is um, where people are moving. And uh, then we're going to end up talking about uh, pictures of Uranus on the internet. Of course they are. And an AI chatbot for a car dealership breaks bad. Mysterious magnetic anomaly scientists find, says Yoda. Minnesota about to adopt a new flag. I hear may is looking to adopt. Uh, ransomware seized servers. We'll probably just rebrand. We'll talk about that. Uh, Ninja is going to host a New Year's Eve show on Twitch, YouTube, and TikTok. And boy, the article starts out with a banger. And finally, that other article that where I said that Herme is looking to adopt. or May, uh. Apparently the billionaire that runs Aramé, or the namesake billionaire Arame, um is going to adopt a 51-year-old gardener. Mayor Watts. next. That's the rumor. Let's get into the show. So, <clears throat> I am Marewatt. That's hometown.com. The artificial intelligence is on break and, uh, I've got all of the articles all lined up, ready to go. So let's get into it. Let's hurry, hurry, hurry. Kind of like the music is starting to hurry, hurry, hurry. Here we go. Let me turn it up. This is too far gone by Inukshuk and Outwild. All right, folks, here's the first article. Uh, This article is over in the Mobile Channel, where the U.S. population is growing. I'm going to jump straight on over to the article. Uh, It actually is at the Hill. Amy Latour is the author of this. And I have to kind of be careful, although I think my intro already has some political name in it, which means that Google loses its freaking mind. We'll see. Anyway, uh, U.S. population is growing new estimates from the U S census Bureau show the country's population increased by 0.5% from July, 2022 to July, 2023 with 87% of that growth concentrated in the South. According to Christy Wilder, U.S. migration is returning to pre-pandemic levels and a drop in deaths are are driving the nation's growth. Uh, Christy Wilder is a demographer. In the Census Bureau's Population Division, some key findings that they announced were that 700,000 people moved to the south from other regions of the U.S. while more than 500,000 came to the south from other countries. Well, I'm sure they appreciate that. Well, at least the wingnuts really don't. Um, Texas saw the greatest population increase by number of people with Florida second. I wonder what the takeaway from that is going to be. And uh, New York and California saw the largest population drops by number. Um, This I can probably attribute to the cost of living being absolutely out of control. Whereas there is enough space in Texas and Florida that uh, maybe just, maybe the cost of living isn't so high really depends on where and the Northeast was the only region that experienced a population decline. It declined by 43,330 people. If you are interested in this, let me throw the URL through hometown. You just follow this link and it'll take you over to the article where you can read more. Sound good? All right, let's keep going. The next article is over in hometown daily, which VR headsets work with steam. Here's a full guide to virtual reality on the steam gaming app. I don't know why they refer to it as steam gaming app and not just steam. That seems weird to me. Anyway, steam is the most popular marketplace for PC games, which, means that it's also one of the best places to pick up virtual reality games. Valve even offers its own free Steam app solely to help you manage your VR titles. Steam VR. I don't... uh, Alright. Sure. Alright. I mean, it's something you download in Steam. So, if you have a VR headset, you download Steam VR. It's part and parcel to Steam. Whatever Marwatt. just get past it, get past it. Just go, don't nitpick the article. There are dozens of unique VR headsets on the market right now. A few years ago when VR was still in its infancy, oh, it's still in its infancy. Steam only supported a few of them, but these days SteamVR runs using a universal software solution called OpenVR, which can support nearly every modern VR headset. So the article is over at Business Insider, and damn it, if I didn't think that this was probably going to be Road to VR or some other VR news site that I aggregate. But no, it's Business Insider. Uh, It's written by William Antonelli and Taylor Lyles and edited by Stephen Cohen. Uh, The article is supposed to contain a list of all the VR headsets. And uh, so let's see. Let's see what they have in here. If you go to the official page of for Steam VR, you'll see that it says the app supports HTC Vive, Oculus Rift, Windows Mixed Reality headsets. It says this is pretty outdated. You can tell because the app description on the top of the page doesn't even mention the Valve Index, Valve's own VR headset. If You look at any of the individual games Steam store page. There's no box that tells you which VR headsets it works with anymore. That's because OpenVR should allow every game to work with any popular headset true you basically just see a little vr tag on the app um so in all good conscience i'm glad that they start out with valve index that is the uh, steam native vr headset really half-life alex is some is something that's displayed pretty prominently in the steam app um great game uh Replayability is kind of mad. Once you follow the story, you follow the story. But Valve Index is great. Uh, Meta Quest 2, 3, Quest Pro, Vive Pro 2, Vive XR Elite, Pimax Crystal. These are all expensive. 5K, 8K, uh, Pimax. Um, Lenovo Think Reality VRX, HP Reverb uh, 2, or Reverb 2, G2. Barho Aero and XR4 and XR3, it requires the Steam VR base station. Um, we're moving away from that kind of technology, but it does increase the resolution quite a bit for room scale VR. It's pretty cool, uh, but uh, greater technology, higher price. Um, it all goes hand in hand. Sometimes it, um, the view to the. Uh, VR gear gets occluded, particularly if you have uh, sensors on you, little pucks that interact with the base stations. And so, like for me, if I have them in the corners, then if I'm sitting here, motion sensor, or the, the, uh, the little pucks, if I have them on my arms, wouldn't be picked up because I've got monitors that block everything. Um, anyway... Older headsets are also confirmed to support Steam VR, but are no longer available to purchase outside third party sellers like Oculus Rift, Rift S, Vive, Vive Pro, HMD Odyssey, Odyssey Plus. They don't mention the Pico in here, but the Pico is definitely supported. So that's what I use. I use a Pico for. Um, and then they talk about how to set it up and whatnot, but we're not going to get into that. Um, vr is pretty straightforward nowadays you just load it up you run a game that's vr it automatically loads up steam vr usually and uh, off you go so let me throw this article into the chat as well you can follow that if you are oh so motivated there you go let's keep on plowing through these articles the next is over in hatch ideas comcast xfinity hackers stole personal information from more than 35 million customers says the company the data breach occurred in october of this year and includes personally identifiable information such as social security numbers and addresses yeah quite a bit emily rella over at entrepreneur.com oh and you know what let me see if i can get ahead of this oh one second Uh, sneeze just came out. Of, I guess they edited in a newsroom, but, or they just don't sneeze. I don't understand. Do these people not have noses that actually function? Anyway, sorry for the sneeze. You didn't hear it, but you saw it. Um, and if you're on the podcast, it just went dark. So any, anyway, uh, Emily Rella, uh, wrote this article, the data breach occurred in October of this year and includes personally identifiable information. So, On Monday um, Xfinity issued a notice of data security incident that occurred between October 16th and 19th of 2023, which allowed unauthorized access to the company's internal data systems due to a vulnerability at the cloud computing company Citrix. I've got some experience with them. Usually they're salespeople though. Anyway, um, quite fascinating story. I think I mentioned this sometime last year as well, but eh, whenever it comes up, I think it's a fun story. Um, I was looking for a solution and they told me, well, what is your price point? And I said, well, I don't really want to tell you. (laughs) And they're like, well, we really can't help you out if you don't tell us what your budget is. And I said, "Mm, how about $20,000? And the quote came back $20,005. And, uh, I'm like, wow, it's exactly what I need for exactly the price that I gave you as my budget. Um, that's pretty amazing. And so I never really followed through with it because I knew that it was a bunch of BS and, uh, get a call a few months later. Uh, the person that particular salesperson isn't there anymore. And they're like, Hey, uh, they didn't tell you about this solution that we have which would have given me pretty much unlimited seats for a fraction of that $20,000. It was pretty amazing. Um, so anyway, doesn't have anything to do with anything other than it's from Citrix and there was a breach and it compromised an estimated 35 million customers. I can almost bet that it's higher than that when they continue their uh, forensic analysis, kind of the ala 23 in me kind of situation. Um, It says Xfinity has required customers to reset their passwords to protect affected accounts. The company explained in a release. In addition, Xfinity strongly recommends that the customers enable two factor or multi-factor authentication to secure their um, Xfinity account as many Xfinity customers already do. While Xfinity advises customers not to reuse passwords across multiple accounts, the company is recommending that customers change passwords for uh, two, um, accounts for which they use the same username and password, by the way, I don't recall getting uh, a notice. Um, but I found out about this and I changed my password. Um, and, uh, obviously I'm an Xfinity, uh, customer. So, uh, I, I thought it was interesting, but I don't think that I was told, um, about the breach. So it says we are not aware of any customer data being leaked anywhere nor of any attacks uh, on our customers. We take the responsibility to protect our customers very seriously and have our cybersecurity team monitoring 24 seven. It's, I mean, if the breach happened uh, between those two days and it was caught uh, three days if you count the days, Um, but anyway, if you, uh, think that they've actually been locked out from this point on. Yeah, it's a pretty good job. Uh, Absolutely. cybersecurity analysts have to be correct hundred percent of the time, because when they're not, there's 10,000 people plus that are trying to get into a system from all around the world. When you're high enough profile Xfinity, Comcast is one of those, um, because it has access to 35 million customers or more. So, Um, you know, three days of open access seems to be something that, um, you know, it's mitigating the risk and it's all born from Citrix, not really from Comcast or Xfinity itself. It's just a shame, um, that it happens, but it does happen. Humans are fallible and so are our creations. So let's keep on going though. Keep on moving, folks. This next article is over in the mobile channel. Let me throw this into the chat as well. There you go, folks. Webb rings in the holidays with ringed planet Uranus. That's right. Pictures of Uranus are out on the internet. And its many rings. The James Webb Space Telescope recently trained its sights on unusual and enigmatic Uranus. You have to say this, right? Otherwise, it... Well, let's just say you got to say, right? Anyway, an ice giant that spins on its side web captured this dynamic world of rings, moons, storms, and other atmospheric features, including a seasonal polar cap, which I find really fascinating. Uh, the image expands upon a two color version released earlier this year, adding additional wavelengths for coverage for a more detailed look. So There you have it. NASA's Goddard space flight center, put the article together for fizz.org. And I've never seen a picture like this of Uranus. Um, Have uh, you ever seen pictures of Uranus? Apparently they're all over the internet. And I thought this kind of stuff um, was only found on certain websites Um, like astronomy sites. You know nasa fizz.org for instance so i guess this is okay the uh it well that's that's quite that's quite pleasant talk here look at this exquisite sensitivity Hmm. web captured the dim inner and outer rings of uranus including the elusive zeta ring the extremely faint and diffuse ring closest to the planet i thought that was it would be the furthest, you know, like way out here. See, here, I'm going to zoom in on Uranus and uh, we can. That's not much of a. I think the picture is actually smaller. How the heck? What what kind of wizardry is this? Mm. Shows nine of the planets, 27 moons clockwise starting at two o'clock. They are. No, I'm not going to read them all. You can follow the link through OhmTown and go take a look at Uranus. In visible wavelengths, as seen by Voyager 2 in the 1980s, Uranus appeared to be placid, (laughs) solid blue ball. In infrared lengths, Webb is revealing a strange and dynamic ice world filled with exciting atmospheric features. One of the most striking of these is the seasonal north polar cloud cap compared to the Webb image From earlier this year, some details of the cap are easier to see in these newer images. These include the bright white inner cap and the dark lane in the bottom of the polar cap toward the lower latitudes. I don't think those are what you're looking at. Maybe down here, this is what you're looking at. I've no idea really what they're talking about, Um, but I find it still neat all the same. Yeah, this is pretty cool. What's really fascinating to me is that a a telescope that can see you know billions of light years away can also see right here um, hyperlocal with a resolution where it can discern you know individual rings around Uranus. So it's like somebody's looking through a window. Never mind. Let me just move on. Already said too much. So the next article is over in uh, Hometown Daily. A car dealership added an AI chatbot to its site, then all hell broke loose. I love it when this kind of stuff happens because it really does say a lot about humanity. <laughs> Pranksters discovered that a local car dealer's uh, AI chatbot could be used as a way to access chat GPT. People shared attempts to trick the chatbot into selling them a new Chevy for as little as a dollar. Uh, the article is over at business insider katie natopoulos um put the article together i guess it was a chevy dealership um let's see full path the chatbot's creator told business insider it was improving the bot based on the pranks i just i there's no way that it's gonna get them to sell a car um, few moments. Uh, so let's see here. It says the automated Slack alert meant that there was an unusual amount of traffic on one of its client's websites. That's, um, uh, Aaron Horwitz was listening to a podcast when he got an unusual Slack alert Horwitz is the CEO of Fullpath, a tech company that sells marketing and sales software for car dealerships. Someone had figured out how to prank the artificial intelligent chat bot on a car dealership site. Uh, Horwitz and the the employee immediately recognized the chat bot. It was one of theirs. Well, Of course, it's one of their whatever. Um, The day before, Chris White, a musician and software engineer in California, was thinking about getting a new car. Quote, I was looking at some bolts on the Watsonville Chevy site. Is this marketing? This is some really high level marketing. Um, their little chat window came up. They said that it was powered by ChatGPT. So I wanted to see how general it was. I asked the most non-Chevy of Watsonville question I could think of. I, huh. Yes, a chap about to write him a Python script and it happily obliged. Wait, 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 wait. A musician and, oh, software engineer, Chris White. A musician and software engineer. All right. Like, wait, I don't know too many musicians that just start whipping out. Hey, uh, I know all about chat, GBT AI and Python. Uh, White posted screenshots of the exchange to Mastodon, the federated messaging system, where it uh, generated thousands of likes and reposts. Hours later, someone else copied it and reposted his screenshots on Twitter where it went viral. <clears throat> and hey, if it's gonna go never mind. Um others played around with the chatbot to get it to act against the interests of the dealership. One user got the bot to agree to sell a car for a dollar. This was not, uh the author should note, legally binding. Of course not. Um <clears throat> they just bought a Chevy Tahoe for one dollar. Says Chris Bake or Bake, I'm not sure how they pronounce it. Anyway. Um, the bot basically got handed around, <clears throat> abused like a rented mule. And Fullpath, based in Vermont and, and Israel, started offering Chat GPT powered bots within six or about six months ago. Horwitz told Business Insider that he estimated several hundred dealers were using the bots. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. Um, you can actually learn about Chat GPT AI agents over at udemy.com. You're interested in that kind of stuff. They have classes there. Right now, they're inexpensive. I don't have anything to do with uh, Udemy, by the way, uh, but I subscribe to stuff just to, you know, keep learning here and there. So uh, he said the team could review the logs of all the requests sent to the chatbot, and he observed that there were lots of attempts to go the chatbot into misbehavior, but the chatbot faithfully resisted. Horowitz also pointed out. the chatbot never disclosed any confidential dealer data by the way them saying that it's going to make their bot better i don't know it really depends on how they've got everything set up if it's just tapping into the general api it's not really going to do much to their bot but hey whatever they'll use it maybe to uh, augment the agent The behavior does not reflect what normal shoppers do. Most people use it to ask a question like, my brake light is on, what do I do? Turn your car off, stop pressing the brake. Um, I need to schedule a service appointment. These folks came in looking to do silly tricks and if you want to get any chatbot to do silly tricks, you can do it. Yep, pretty much. Hell, you can get people to do silly tricks. Look, I'm the mayor of a fictional town on the internet. Let's keep going. This next article is over in the mobile channel. Ancient inscribed bricks contain evidence of mysterious magnetic anomaly scientists find. You know what that means? Aliens. It's always aliens. New research of ancient Mesopotamia has uncovered evidence of an ancient magnetic phenomena, providing a way to delve deeper into the Uh, Most fascinating periods of human history. Scientists have analyzed ancient bricks from Mesopotamia and revealed just how dramatic an ancient spike in Earth's magnetic field some 3,000 years ago truly was. So one of these flips. The uh, study published Monday in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences relies on archaeomagnetic techniques or extracting information about the strength and direction of the Earth's magnetic field from ancient objects Dun dun dun. So if the object was just sitting there and then somebody turned it 90 degrees, does that change the outcome of this? It's weird. Um, it basically investigates the magnetic memory of materials explained Philip McCausland. So let's who, go see who Philip McCausland is. This article is over at vice.com. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce their name. Mirjan? Mirjam? Miram? Miriam? Miriam Gosgen? Man, I'm not even coming close to doing anything correct with that name, but um, I hope they appreciate the effort. And I'll correct it if they send it to me phonetically or tell me not to read their name anymore. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I think this is pretty neat, though. Uh, this looks like a little cuneiform tablet of some kind. Hmm. So scientists have analyzed ancient bricks from Mesopotamia and revealed just how dramatic an ancient spike in Earth's magnetic field some 3,000 years ago truly was. It basically investigates the magnetic memory of materials... Said uh, Philip McCausland, the director of the Western Paleomagnetic and Petrophysical Laboratory at Canada's Western University, who wasn't involved in the study. All right. Items like bricks or pottery are often made with grains of magnetic rock that, when heated and then cooled, keep a signature of the geomagnetic conditions of the time. At very high temperatures, the objects are memoryless, but as the temperature drops, it picks up a memory of the Earth's magnetic field that it was sitting in at the time. So, then the, so it cools, but then the brick is moved somewhere. I don't, okay. This is why I really, I'm like, okay, somebody moved the brick five feet and now the, the uh intensity of the magnetic field was disastrous to mankind and then somebody goes no i just moved that five feet and they're like oh okay everything was fine in the study researchers used ancient bricks from mesopotamia mesopotamia containing iron oxide to investigate field strength by systematically removing the ancient magnetic signature from small fragments of the bricks through heating and cooling then reheating the bricks and placing the magnetic field with one Produced in the lab, they could get a ratio between the mag- uh, object's magnetic charge in the past and under laboratory conditions. Got it. So just field intensity, but not direction. This told researchers that the bricks were fired at a time when the Earth's magnetic field was more than one and a half times what it is today, during a period known as the Leventine Iron Age Geomagnetic Anomaly the anomaly was first discovered in 2009 by members of the same team in a nearby region using similar methods but on layers of rock material cool all right well there's more over here at this article um because they what they say in here is uh, our research really provides a basis for future archaeologists to apply archaeomagnetic techniques to date material that wouldn't previously be dateable at these archaeological sites like ceramics, and that's all because what's typically used is carbon-14 isotope measurements, uh, radiocarbon dating to see what the age is based on that decay. Well, uh, rock and whatnot doesn't have that carbon isotope in it, so you don't know uh, because it's usually based on organic matter. Um, And so If they can start mapping out what the Magnetic Field Institute is of various places, then they can build a map that defines at this intensity, at this location. If this material matches that material over there, then it's this old, similar to what carbon 14 does. Um, Sounds pretty cool. The supercharged anomaly from the Levantine Iron Age is particularly perplexing. Researchers don't understand much about what caused the spike in intensity or why. And how the Earth generates these kinds of peaks periodically throughout time. Nature, it's everywhere. That's not in the article. It's just me. But let's keep on going. Uh, The next article is... oh hit the wrong button is over in the mobile channel Minnesota's set to adopt new state flag if uh, you're a fan of CGP gray then you know that there is a discussion going on about uh, the new flag um, Minnesota officially settled on a new design for the state flag following months of intense debate and thousands of public submissions the flag, approved by the State of Emblems Redesign Commission, was chosen from thousands of submissions. The commission met Tuesday to make its final adjustments uh, to the design. The new design comes after the previous one was criticized for being offensive towards Native Americans. How about Aboriginal people or Original Peoples? I don't know. Native Americans, they weren't American. And referring to them as just Natives seems archaic as well anyway a part of the flag featured a native american riding off into the sunset while a white settler plows his field (laughs) well a little on the nose for offensiveness uh, but uh, at least they're addressing it and hey you know uh, building a flag that doesn't have any graphical symbolism short of the macro um Yeah, I can buy into it. That's fine. Um, You know that there are people that are bent out of shape, though. You know, hey, it's part of our heritage to be a. (laughs) Anyway, the flag approved by the state emblems, redesign commission there. There were a lot. Um, If you watch the CGP gray video, uh, he goes through some of them or they go through some of them uh the final design includes an eight point north star and a light blue block to the other side it features the state's official motto I'm not gonna say the North Star or the star of the North the star of the North sorry you have to be into the glass cannon Network to catch that subtle reference it's not really a star of the North but I mean Uh, Minnesota is the only state with a motto in French which I find really fascinating because there's, huh, that's really interesting. Um, let's see here. The design for the basis of the flag created by a citizen from Luverne um, was initially white, green, and blue, which the designers had represented snow, nature, and agriculture and water respectively. The design also included the state's shape as well as the white North star. While some residents were unhappy, a loon was not part of the final design. The commission explained that more designs, including the North Star, so it uh, decided to feature that symbol, Um, not the loon. This process should have taken a lot longer. We should have taken more public testimony. We should have heard from more Minnesotans, state rep, Bjorn Olson said, according to the Tribune, yes sure why not hey you know what you could do it again just you know give it 60 more years treat it like a stamp just change stuff randomly you know anyway um i don't know if i like this one there were several others again go and watch the cgp gray article you'll like that no i'm not gonna let that play all right let's keep on going though i've got a few more articles to go and, and go about your evening. Uh, the next article is over in Technology Today, How the FBI Sees the Black Cat Alpha Ransomwares Servers. This is really interesting. I've read a little bit about this. Um, it's over at Bleeping Computer. Lawrence Abrams is the author. Let me throw this into the throw that into the chat. There you go, folks. Um, so if you've never heard of Black Cat, it's uh, ransomware, crypto uh, cryptographic ransomware. So today the U S department of justice confirmed that they seized the websites for the alpha ransomware operation and uh, created a decryptor to help approximately 500 companies recover their data for free. However, the details surrounding the disruption are hazy with only an unsealed search warrant providing extra information. Um, again, this article is written by, written by Lawrence Abrams. Pardon me. A hiccup um from bleepingcomputer.com um so they summarize it pretty good based on my quick scan of this um essentially a confidential informant um provided the ability for the federal government to the FBI to engage in some surveillance of the operation Um, from inside the console and from there they sussed out how to go about getting the encryption that allowed them to monitor um, in such a way that they would uh, be able to obtain the addresses of the um, servers, the basically everything. Um, And then from there they created the uh, decryption um process program so that others could decrypt their encrypted um devices they don't know how it was that they got those key pairs but it says the fbi also states that they obtained 946 private and public key pairs associated with the ransomware operations tor negotiation sites data uh, leak sites and management panel and save them to a USB flash drive. That's now stored in Florida during the investigation. Law enforcement gained visibility into the Blockcat cat ransomware groups network. As a result, the FBI identified and collected 946 public private key pairs for tour sites that the Blockcat cat ransomware group used to host victim communication sites, leak sites, and affiliate panels like the ones described above. And then they provide a picture um and the takedown notice and um uh basically they surmise that what's going to end up happening is until the people are actually captured and imprisoned for their actions uh they will basically rebrand maybe change a few policies and procedures to limit exposure um in such an easily well it it, If you are so open to accepting somebody to become what they referred to as an affiliate, then you're pretty much asking for trouble anyway. Um, So this is the third known law enforcement operation where the FBI successfully breached a ransomware operations infrastructure to quietly monitor activities and siphon decryption keys. The first was reveal. Um, where the FBI gained access to the master decryption key for the Kaseya supply chain attack. The second was the breach for the Hive ransomware operation, where the FBI obtained over 1,300 decryption keys. Um, and now this one, close to a thousand. So yeah, they'll probably just rebrand and then come back as something else. I'm gonna, uh, I'm going to prop up a name. Let's see. I believe that they're going to come back as Phoenix and they're going to remove all of the vowels from it. Um, so it's going to be just the, P H uh, N X, uh, ransomware. Let's see if that's what they come back as, um, please FBI. If you do, um, get this video, I have nothing to do with them all right let's go on to the next article um yeah let's keep going this article over in hometown daily it was aggregated but it's actually coming from the verge um we get this little snippet but then um, i send everybody over to the verge so that you can read more about it and i'm not really gonna read much beyond uh this little snippet but ninja's new year's eve stream will be a multi-platform affair which that's not really heavy lifting nowadays. Um, you know. Particularly if they're using Restream or a powerful enough computer, they could pretty much stream to all three of the platforms directly and not introduce any lag. But this article comes out just, <laughs> just swinging for the fence. Your dad's favorite streamer Ninja will attempt his best Dick Clark impression. Or do the kids only know Ryan Seacrest now? And will host his own New Year's Eve event that will stream on Twitch, YouTube, and TikTok, according to a report in Variety. The event, known as Ninjas Nye, that's New Year's Eve for you know all of us olds, um, will feature appearances from other top streamers, giveaways, a Fortnite tournament, and a countdown to midnight. All us olds will be asleep ash parish over at the verge.com put the article together uh, the streamer will be live simultaneously on twitch youtube and tiktok no word on whether he'll try to floss again it's a dance move for all of you who are not in the know um, you know if you don't get down verbally you wouldn't know what flossing is the event is meant to appeal to gen z with uh, promises that It's not your parents' New Year's Eve ball drop. (laughs) Sorry. find that phrase funny. Uh, Ditch your TV and come hang out with us. Or come hang with us. Sorry. Reads the event's website. It'll be more fun, we promise. I don't know. Uh, The Ninja was once the undisputed king of Twitch. He's no longer pulling the viewership numbers he used to. Ouch. This article just keeps... Swinging and swinging, <laughs> your dad's favorite streamer. Jeez, and then says, eh, "You know, I guess then just getting like uh, middle aged, and uh, they're starting to uh, phase him out, and he's becoming a what is it? A a a B a B actor, right? What is that? Yeah." I think that's what it is. Totally. My brain went blank about this. Anyway ninjas, the 44th ranked streamer based on concurrent viewers, followers, total views and stream time over the last 30 days, despite having the largest audience on the platform with 19 million followers over the last few years, ninjas bounced around streaming services, leaving Twitch for mixer for an estimated $50 million in 2019 before Microsoft flamed out. Um, Even though Mixer had superior technology, for whatever reason, man, they just spent, 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 and, and instead of growing into something, they just flamed out Mixer. Just horrible. <coughs> uh, Microsoft just has so much money, they don't know what to throw money at. Anyway, a Ninja has since returned to Twitch after a brief stint on YouTube and is taking full advantage of the platform's new rules regarding exclusivity and simulcasting so pretty much everybody can stream to anything anywhere at all at once um i think there's a rule about depending on what your partner agreement is um, like you're not allowed to um, merge the real-time chats or something like that i can't remember what it was i stopped paying attention to it uh, because i'm not affiliate or partner yet so anyway let me throw this Ninja article over into the chat so that if you watch the VOD, you can jump on over there through OMTown. Town. Let's go on to the last article where I'm hoping that I will be adopted. Um, the next article is over in the Hatch Ideas channel. Airmaze billionaire plans to leave half of the fortune to ex-gardener and cut ties with charity. That's right. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce their last name. Nicholas Pooch, Pooch, um, or Petch. I'm not sure. Begins legal process of adopting former gardener and cancel agreement with charity. The descendant of the Hermé luxury handbag empire is engulfed in a public battle with the charitable foundation he founded after reports that he planned to cut its funding and instead adopt his 51-year-old former gardener and bequeath him billions. Man, that dude must have known how to mow his lawn. Nicholas Petch, 80, a secretive fifth-generation descendant of Terry Hermay, or Hermay, who founded Hermay in 1837, has begun the legal process of formally adopting the unnamed former gardener and plans to leave him half of his $12 billion fortune, according to Swiss media reports. Wow. Hey, I'm really good at trimming hedges. Just saying, uh, you know, you can adopt me to a billion dollars. Pretty handy with a weed whacker. Uh, the articles over at the guardian rupert meat is the author they're the wealth correspondent which that's a lovely title so can you believe that i think that's pretty amazing the former gardener must have uh, shown him a tremendous amount of respect sure um, Pech, who has no children, is attempting to cancel a succession agreement he agreed with a charity when he established it in 2011 to fund the protection and promotion of public debate. Because he doesn't want to hear anything about this, uh, the Socrates Foundation, which has a board of six, including Pech as president, announced on Tuesday that it had formally opposed its founder's decision to cancel the inheritance contract the foundation said itself isn't in a position to judge the process or context of the reports that and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, um, wish to adopt his former employee from a legal standpoint, the abrupt and unilateral annulment of a succession agreement appears void and unfounded, the foundation said in a statement. The foundation has opposed this move while leaving the door open to discussion with its founder and president. I do find it interesting, though that if something operates under the assumption, the duty of performance, that they will, uh, what's the proper term for this? They will continue this succession agreement. So everybody is investing time and money and duty, fiscal responsibility, et cetera, into the continuation of this foundation and then at the last minute, because of whatever, they decide to kill this. I think that there might be some legal standing here. I don't know, though. I and mean, it's definitely I don't think it's something that's in the U.S. I think it's yeah, it says Swiss. Um, or yeah, so it said that a that as a Switzerland based charity, it is under the authority and sur- surveillance of Swiss federal supervisory board of foundation four foundations. Um, so they say that they're estranged from most of the family recently began the legal process of formally adopting his unnamed former gardener and handyman. Adopt the son he never had. So at 50 51. So how about that? You've all, oh, hey, let me fix the windows and uh, mow the lawn and you can kick me a billion bucks. Works for me. I, and I never mind, I won't say anything else. Okay, well, that's it, folks. Your airmaid handbag, by the way, is what funded that. So, congratulations, everybody. Um, can't tell you what to do any more than I can tell RMA what to do with their money, but that's it. Thank you very much. I am Marwat. that is hometown.com and we'll see you tomorrow 8 PM Eastern. Uh, We should be going until probably Thursday night. Um, And then I got to go on a break, but then I'll play catch up. Uh, it might be tomorrow, might be the last show, um, but we'll see. So just check in. Be sure to uh, follow us here, follow over on YouTube, uh, follow on the podcast. Just do a search for hometown You'll find hometown and hometown Daily. Thanks for coming. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Oh. Is this thing still on? Oh. Uh. Bye.